Welcome to the Coach In Podcast presented by Society 54. This podcast will showcase the best revenue generation and strategic marketing tips for attorneys, professional services providers, and in-house business development and marketing teams, as well as some insights on personal development and some fun surprises here and there. We will also showcase some of the brightest stars in the industry and learn more about their experiences and roads to success. On this episode, we're excited to talk with Amy Verholst, a senior marketing manager at Coates Rose in Houston, Texas. Amy is an experienced business development and marketing professional in the legal and professional services industries. She has a passion for professional, peer-to-peer organizations and currently serves as the president-elect of the Legal Marketing Association Southwest Region. She leads the marketing and business development department at Coates Rose PC in Houston, Texas, where she resides with her husband and two children. We will talk with Amy about her background, her recent experience at our roundtable retreat, and how she leverages confidence and self-awareness in her personal style. Please welcome our special guest, Amy Verholst. Amy, thank you so much for joining us here. Coming off the heels of Society 54's inaugural Executive Leadership Roundtable, uh, when we met last week in Charlotte, it was a real joy uh, to have the group around the table and just to discuss so many things about your life, uh, your profession, your background. Uh, one of the things that we asked everyone to do prior to attending was to write an essay bio. Um, so Amy, can you share with our listeners what an essay bio is and then what you felt like you gained um, from going through that process? Absolutely. Um, the essay bio, I thought, was a very interesting exercise. It wasn't like your typical um, bio that you put out there on your resume or maybe out on LinkedIn where you're, you're telling somebody about you. You really dug into the process of what experiences, what people had influence on making you who you are. And I thoroughly enjoyed that process. It really had me step back and think about all the life experiences up until that point in time, um, my childhood, school years, you know, college, early career, um, you know, who were the people I interacted with, what were key points, you know, in my life that were very meaningful and shaping my interests and, and helping me grow to be the professional that I am. Um, and I just thought that reflection was really important. Um, it was a lot of fun for me. It was like walking down memory lane. Um, and it really kind of, energized me and gave me a, a lot of uh, joy actually walking through that process and, and reflecting on those key points in my life that are so impactful and have had so much meaning. And as it relates to leadership, were there any points in, in writing that that stood out to you as being really pivotal leadership moments um, to date? Yes. Uh, in particular, when I thought back on my, my childhood, my school years, I had one teacher that I thought of, my second grade teacher, Ms. Whitley, who, um, you know, second grade, you're eight years old, you're, you're learning, you know, grammar and spelling and sentence structure and all those fun things. And um, she really, you know, she taught us the basics, but she encouraged those of us uh, who had kind of a, a gift and knack for writing to, to really explore that. And I was one of those students and um, really just got bit by the bug. And she gave us really creative assignments um, one of them was to write an article, uh, Thanksgiving themed article. And then there was a Christmas kind of themed story, sort of feature story style. And, um, you know, I did both assignments of course. And then she hand selected a few that got printed in our local newspaper, which was a big deal. So I had a byline, you know, when I was eight years old twice, uh, and, and just the writing bug really bit me. 
Um, I also reflected on experience where I worked for an entrepreneur. This was probably my, my third job out of college. Um, and, uh, you know, he worked with a consulting coach um, that coached the executive team. And I was the executive assistant slash marketing assistant. So technically, I think part of the exec team, but not at the top of the ladder by any stretch of the imagination. And I participated in the coaching kind of on, on the peripheral you know, view and in support of the CEO who I worked for and took everything in. And at one point, the coach took me aside and, you know, told me he's been working with us for about six months and he's been observing us in team meetings and then uh, quarterly meetings and just day-to-day interaction. And he recognized this energy that I brought. And he, whereas he thought it was great, he thought it was a hindrance to the CEO because he didn't bring the same energy. And he saw how the employees would engage with me and would listen to me and kind of the, the immediate attention grab I would get that the CEO didn't necessarily get. And so he kind of worked with me to tell me basically, you know, you need to simmer down a little bit and let your CEO shine, which as a young executive, you know, or young professional, I should say, I, I was hurt, you know, am I doing something wrong? And am I not, you know, giving the best, you know, for the boss and putting him in the right light because that was my job. So I did what I needed to do to tamper that. But then I also got a little fired up from it because I thought, who is this guy to tell me that I need to dial it down? Maybe he needs to dial it up. And so that always just kind of sat with me and I just kept that to myself and, and kind of used that as fuel for the fire, you know, for later on for experiences, you know, that would come my way in leadership later on. I so appreciate you sharing that story because I think that it, it really probably was part of the foundation that led you to where you are today and also where you're headed tomorrow. Another uh, homework piece that we had everyone do was to read The Confidence Code by Caddy Kay and Claire Shipman. Um, There were a number of portions of the book that I think were aha moments for many of us where we said, you know, I see myself in that situation. Can you share anything that you took away from reading that book and perhaps thinking about how it affects or can apply to your life. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the book as a whole was great. I had a lot of head nodding as I was reading it, as I know did my, my fellow colleagues. Um, I think the thing I took away was a lot of hope and, and just a kind of a, re- a release of, of some anxiety I had reading it. Um, I, I know that now that women can build confidence, um, it, it takes some work. It takes some diligence. Uh, in doing so, but, you know, the science is there to tell us, um, you know, that men and women are different, you know, there's science there saying how animals are confident, how, you know, human beings are confident, but the, the main point there is that there may be differences, you may have more, you may have less than others, maybe genetics that factor into it, you know, that all said and aside, if you determine that you want to build confidence, you want to increase your own confidence, there are tried and true ways to do it. And all it takes is a determination and a decision to do it, an action plan, and then work the plan. And you too can build confidence. And so that's just, when that finally all culminated there towards the end of the book, I just thought, oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. I was so hoping that was the message. And now, you know, I know that confidence can be increased and you can build it and you can do it. You just have to decide to do it and then get it done. And I think one of my takeaways was that many around the table who I perceive to be incredibly confident 
all felt the same way you did, that perhaps there were pieces um, in their life or their careers, their community service at home where they, they felt that they lacked confidence. So I think this was a real booster to say, you know, we all feel that way at times, but taking action can make a real difference. So we also took you guys on a field trip. Um, we went to a horse farm in Charlotte um, and participated in some equine-assisted coaching. So can you share with our listeners um, what that is, first of all, and then also any takeaways that you had from that experience? Yes, this was a very interesting experience uh, for me because personally, I'm not a big animal person. Animals that are smaller than me are okay in my book, um, but I haven't had a lot of interaction with large animals. And these are beautiful thousand plus pound horses that I had not had much interaction with personally. And I thought it was particularly interesting how we started that, that journey together there in, in the stables in that, you know, we didn't have much instruction and we were led into the stables with the horses kind of walking around and we're told to just interact. And I thought it was interesting how everybody brought their own unique past prior experiences into that arena. And then that's how we interacted with the horses, which I think translating that into the personal environment, we don't realize that that's what we do. We walk in and into a room and, you know, we already have assumptions. We already have preconceived notions and we just kind of do uh, act, speak, you know, what have you. Um, and then actually what getting to go through that in the experience with the horses you just made you more aware of that. And then when the instructor pulled us back and kind of gave us some you know, pointers on how to interact with a horse or, you know, we all thought a horse wanted to be, you know, petted on their, uh, on their snout, on their, you know, nuzzle. And, and no, actually they don't like that. You know, who knew? Um, but until you're instructed or until you take a minute to kind of really understand that, in a in that environment or out in a personal environment, really take awareness of your surroundings and what preferences people may have, or um, you know what 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 environment you're in. Taking cues from that, you know, you might make a misstep that you're just not aware of. So one of the things that I found interesting, um, and you started off by saying that you're not a large animal lover or hadn't had a whole lot of experience, and you made that very clear up front. Yet there was one horse who didn't love interacting with our group, yet by the end of our time together, you two were fast friends. Um, was there one thing that, that drew you to this particular horse or one thing that drew him to you? You know, I don't, it could have been a combination of things. Um, I, I, I kind of stood back and, and took survey of, you know, the arena we were in and watched my colleagues and you know, there were four horses and, you know, it, we all were trying to interact with each of them. And, you know, Duke was a little more difficult, a little more standoffish, kind of doing his own thing, a little outlier. Um, and I mean, I'm personally, you know, out in the real world, I can always root for the underdog and, and in an environment, you know, a team environment, you know, I'm always on the lookout for the person who, you know, maybe on, you know, on the fringes or, you know, kind of an outlier or a naysayer, that kind of person to kind of help bring him into the fold. So maybe that's what drew me uh, to, to trying to work with him and trying to get his, you know, uh, his, get him all saddled up and get him ready. Um, 
but, uh, you know, and just maybe the challenge a little bit there, you know, because he was not complying and he kind of wanted to get out of the arena. He really wanted nothing to do with us. So, um, you know, I tried to take a, you know, an approach and meet him where he was and meet him where he was at and get him to get into the fold and you know, get a saddle on and then come on over and, and you know, it worked. So this is success. Amy, I so appreciate not only your time talking with us today, but also the time that you put in to our time together last week, you know, building up relationships and um, really being open to the process and open to meeting other colleagues where they are and in building them up. I really did see you as one of the leaders of the group, um, embracing folks who may not have met before, some who may not have had the same life experiences you've had and bringing them into the fold and making them a part of the process. Was there anything else about our time together that you can share with our listeners that you've taken back and put into practice? Yes. Um, We did some uh, personal planning for the year. um, And I really liked how it wasn't just professional planning or personal life planning, which I think there's a lot of out there right now. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of blogs, I read a lot of things and get a lot of e-newsletter kind of things. And there's a lot of focus on, you know, uncluttering and, you know, not particularly in your home life and, and uh, you know, personal life. And then there's a lot of, you know, every year, beginning of the year, what's your professional goals? What are your plans for the year? Um, but we did a holistic approach, you know, that kind of touched on personal, professional, health, and then spiritual, which I thought was great. And so I made my plan and my one goal in each area. So let's not get crazy. Let's focus, you know, let's make it attainable, um, but then set some action steps to it. And so I've actually been diligently working on at least one of those four goals, taking a, a positive action step towards each one of those um, every day since we, we met last met uh, a week ago. And, uh, you know, it's progress is slow. I'm not going to hit any one of those goals anytime in the near future, you know, maybe, maybe not even by year's end, but um I'm going to take positive action towards each one of them to attain that goal in that area that I defined because that's how you get it done. It's a little bit by little bit, chip away, chip away, and the progress will be there. Have faith, take those steps, get it done. And I can say that um, you're taking one of those steps right now for our listeners. Amy is sitting outside in a beautiful courtyard um, enjoying National Margarita Day. I am. Cheers, Amy. Cheers Cheers, to our listeners. And uh, have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Coach In Podcast. To learn more about how we can help create industry differentiation for your firm through business development, marketing, client services, and more, visit society54.com, where you can view our full scope of coaching and consulting offerings. Then ask yourself, are you in?